Welcome to Green Talk, a podcast by Green Farmers of Ontario. I'm Megan McKimmy. And I'm Rachel Telford. Today on the podcast, we are joined by phone with uh, Jeff Harrison, our director for District 12. And he's going to chat with us a little bit more about um, our crop ups, which is an initiative of the communications department. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. Talk to you this morning. Yeah, and I guess before we jump into some of the the crop up stuff, we would just wanted to do a bit of an introduction about you. So, can you tell us a bit about your farm? Yeah, well, I'm a, a grain farmer. Uh, I farm in Quinney West, which is about an hour and a half east of Toronto. Right, the 401 corridor runs right through the center of our city. I farm corn and soybeans and wheat. We also grow some oats and barley and and alfalfa. We have cattle here on the farm. My dad's cattle. Uh, we do, uh, like many other farmers, we do some custom work for some of our neighbors, some custom planting and custom harvesting. Uh, we, um, we, sell, we I have a Pioneer Seed dealership on the farm, so we sell seed to our uh, our neighbors as well. So we farm a little under a thousand acres of both owned and rented ground, and uh, we probably cover that many acres again in planting for for our neighbors. And Jeff, as the director for District 12, you represent Durham, Northumberland, Corwartha, Peterborough, and Hastings. Can you tell us a little bit about those regions and, and what the landscape is like there? Yeah, so District 12 is, is um, similar to maybe uh, District 13 and, and maybe not quite as vast as District 15, but yes, you're absolutely right. So we're, we're east of uh, the uh, major city in our province, Toronto. We run uh, all the way east to Napanee and north to the Corthas. And it's it's a big geography. Uh, agriculture is not quite as intense as as some would consider in, in Western Ontario, but uh, uh, in areas there's lots of uh, rolling topography, uh, unique in the sense that we're right along the north shore of Lake Ontario, so some diversified crops uh, growing there. And but it's it's there's lots of passion in these hills, and uh, I, I like to tell people in District 12 uh, or or people I meet outside of District 12 that. Uh, there's lots of passion in these hills, and, and the passion that these farmers have for agriculture is uh, not always measured in acres. So not always the biggest farms, but uh, uh, passionate just the same. And we're at the end of April now. What's it looking like for planting? I know two years ago you had issues with spring flooding. What's the situation like this year? We're not unscathed like many others across the province as far as uh, winter kill in wheat. So. Uh, currently, that's that's the topic of the day is dealing with the with the stand assessments for farmers' wheat uh, winter wheat plantings. Uh, but we are this week's a, a shaping up to be some beautiful weather. Really nice day today. Uh, we are not as wet as we could be, so I think with uh, with a few nice days, we'll start to see some some uh, some action out in the fields and and. Being as it's the last week in April, I think guys will be ready to go. So hopefully the weather cooperates and, and it's just shaping up to be a good spring. And uh, you've been a delegate for Green Farmers of Ontario since the inception and now a board member. Can you tell us a bit about how you got involved uh, on the board level and being a director? Um, yes, this is my the end or my second year in my second term as a director. And uh I, uh, I was originally a delegate, as you mentioned. I was a delegate since the inception of the grain farmers, and prior to that, I, I was a delegate on the soy producers uh, board. And uh, Joe Hickson was was a real role model. He was the director that represented our district prior to me, and uh, uh, when 
ready to step down and and allow a new person to uh, to fill his role. I was I was interested and I was I was willing to let my name stand. And um, thankfully, with the confidence of uh, of the de- delegates and the membership that elected me, uh, I was fortunate to be elected and and serve. And why do you think it's important, Jeff, to to serve as you put it? I, I very much enjoy being part of the Grain Farmers of Ontario. It's uh, it, it's an organization that grain farmers can be proud of. And uh, I know uh, since my time of being more involved, you get to see firsthand the great work that they do. And and you know, I think it's important to give back to your industry. I think it's important to work and maintain and, and protect and defend our, our industry. And, and it's just something I take great pride in being a part of. And uh, one aspect of that is uh, sitting on Grain Farmers of Ontario committees. Can you explain a little bit about what that uh, involves? I'm one of 15 elected farmer directors. So there's uh, the entire board um, tends to have uh, various positions. It's the role of the executive and the chairman to assess different directors' strengths and weaknesses and, and their interests and find out where they'll best serve the board and and uh, some of the positions that I've been assigned to, um, I've, I've been a part of the Finance and Audit Committee for a number of years now. I chaired it uh, last year. Something that I very much enjoy, uh, understanding the uh, the financial aspect and making sure our organization maintains good financial strength for its membership. Another committee that I've had a real interest in is the Government Relations, so I've been assigned to the Government Relations Committee. Uh, liaison between our membership and government officials and working hard on uh, on membership's behalf and in talking to politicians and making sure we have the ear of politicians so that they can understand the issues that are before uh, our growers. Some of the lower profile committees, uh, the Grains Industry Advisory Committee, uh, the Grains Issue Committee, uh, that is an internal committee, uh, as well I was assigned, and this is my first full year as a as a board member of the Barley Council of Canada, um, and as well, just recently this past February, I was elected for the first time to be part of our executive committee on our own board. And you mentioned um, you're involved with uh, the government relations, and um, a recent uh, part of that was uh, the Queen's Park reception, and you and several other board members were involved in that. Do you mind just telling us briefly sort of uh, what happened there and, and what the directors are doing? Well, the, the Queen's Park reception was, was, I think, a successful event. Uh, we had a lot of our directors out. Uh, we had really good attendance by both uh, provincial government staff and the MPPs. It is somewhat of a nice change with the current government before us in the sense that we seem to have their ear and they are at least listening to our issues and trying to work with us. Of course, um, they are limited with their finances and, and what they can do, and that has certainly been their uh, mandate to uh, clean up the financial aspect of the provincial government, uh, but they are listening to our issues. Um, they're they're hearing what we have to say, and they're trying to work with us. So that's been a real joy to attend those kind of events, have an opportunity to talk with various MPPs across the province, not just my own, my my own riding, the Bay of Quinney riding. Uh, our MPP is Todd Smith. 
who is the uh, government house leader, and, and he's been a real um, good listener for grain farmers' issues and, and, and been respectful and, and, and listened to us and, and trying to work with us. So, yeah, it was a successful event, good, good attendance. Uh, MPPs were engaged, and, uh, yeah, it was a nice night. And uh, what would you say to a farmer that might be interested in uh, becoming more involved with GFO? How would they go about that? If you have uh, an interest in the grain industry, uh, you have opinions, advice, knowledge, uh, the feedback that you wish to give, there is a role for you. And there is a role in the sense that if you would like to contribute as little time as just simply attending one of our district annual general meetings and, and listening and understanding the issues and, 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 and what the GFO is doing on behalf of you as a producer member. There is at every annual general meeting a resolution segment and that is the essence, in my opinion, of the meeting. That's the time where a producer can uh, express his or her opinion and, and, and bring an issue uh, to light so that the grain farmers of Ontario can act on it. Of course, it is voted on by membership, and if it is passed and carries on right to the board level, then it absolutely will be acted on. So that is an opportunity. If you wish to go further and be a delegate, or even a delegate that eventually sits on a committee and contributes their time on a committee, and ultimately being elected as a director, but there is a role for any producer member, male or female, they need to know that their opinions, their advice, their knowledge is welcomed and needed. And I guess that lends itself very well to the reason why we wanted to have you on the podcast today was your involvement with our Crop Up events, which was one of our recent consumer outreach initiatives. And we always uh, like to try and address the issues, uh, the opinions that consumers have and, and the need to have farmers help in telling their story. Um, Jeff, can you t- tell us a bit about the Crop Up events that you participated in? So I was lucky enough to uh, be invited by Victoria and the communication staff to participate. Um, two events. One was in uh, downtown Toronto. It was uh, Palmerston and College uh, College Avenue uh, near Little Italy. And I wouldn't even know that other than my colleague Jeff Barlow that was there, another director. Uh, he, uh, he told the story about uh, his wife growing up uh, just around the corner from that restaurant. So he really connected with the crowd because uh, he knew the area. But uh, that, was, that was one event. The other event was in Prince Edward County, uh, just near my home. Uh, both events were, were very unique. Uh, had uh, food bloggers, chefs, uh, editors of, of food magazines in attendance, uh, some restaurateurs, some entrepreneurs. Uh, radio DGs, a um, lot of lot of cool, interesting people that uh, were there. To uh, they were interested. They 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 were interested in the topic, and and the topic that that uh, our communication staff was 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 putting before them was just increasing their understanding of of grain based diets and 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 how they could include uh, grains and in and and understand the value of healthy Ontario grains. Uh, in their diet and so we had a dietitian there uh, that spoke to the crowd uh, we as uh, as directors uh, spoke to to the audience and and just uh, told them a little bit about our farms and, and a little bit about what we do and and, and how we do it and uh, once again some some really 
good questions, uh, good conversation, uh, was a good event. So in, in taking over these restaurants and, and having all these, uh, I guess, food influencers and, and people there to talk with, what sort of stood out in your mind as one of those questions that you got asked a lot? In conversation, I would, I would like to learn more about what they do. So, of course, I in, you know, asked them. Uh, I really don't know a lot about food blogging, uh, so I, I, I was interested. Um, in, in the columns that some of them wrote, but they in turn had some really interesting questions, and a lot of it was just uh, a life on the farm, um, the kind of crops we grow, and why we grow those specific crops in Ontario or southern Ontario. Um, they, they like to understand about, uh, you know, the, the practices that we that we do on the farm, and and it is somewhat rewarding when you have conversations with people like that because a lot of us as farmers feel villainized or demonized in some of the farm practices that people look down on, whether it's chemical use or fertilizer use or a genetic trait that we use on the farm, we feel that people are are really against us. And when you have an opportunity to go and, and to speak with people like that, you soon learn that they really just want to understand it. They want to ask questions. They want to understand what you do and why you do it. And they have faith and confidence and trust in farmers. And, and so it's really important to just answer those questions one-on-one, honestly, and, and it thoroughly explain it to them. And, and you soon realize that they, they, just, they just want to understand. So th- that was really the, the essence of, of many conversations. Were there some preconceived notions that uh, you had to sort of uh, explain and 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 correct them? A, a lot of them, you know, would when we were focusing on the grains aspect and and, and grains in our diet would you know would need to understand a little bit about how grains indirectly get to their plate, whether it's fed to a livestock or further processed. I, as a farmer, don't sell my grain directly to uh, a consumer like like the general public. Uh, there is, is is further processing and adding value and, and so forth before it gets to their plate. And so, you know, understanding a little bit about that. Um, but no, I wouldn't say preconceived notions in the sense that they felt that we were deceiving them or or having uh, doing practice on the farm that were wrong. They they really just wanted to understand why we do it why we do what we do and and why we do it. Sounds like you had some uh, pretty good conversations. Is there one in particular with someone that really stood out to you between the two events? There was a a, a four young people that I met at the Prince Edward County event, and we were assigned tables as directors. And so our conversation sort of stretched as far as six or eight people uh, in our immediate vicinity. But I was lucky enough to sit with uh, four young people that had... uh, worked in the the hospitality industry in Toronto and decided to uh, strike out on their own and start their own restaurant. And they they recently, one started a a year ago, but the rest had recently come and they're they're really in uh, uh, at at full strength for this upcoming season with a a brand new restaurant in Prince Edward County, Wellington, a Mexican restaurant, uh, La, La Candosa, and forgive me if I'm not saying that correctly, but it's a Mexican restaurant on the main street in Wellington, uh, brand new. They were 
really anxious to learn about the healthy aspect of grains and how they could include uh, that. And, and in particular, they were seeking out some white corn flour that was grown in the in the county so that they could make their own tortillas. And just like you would, many of us as farmers, we we talk to our, our friends that are often involved in agriculture and you meet very passionate, strong-minded people, you know, hardworking and 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 these young people, they they were they were going to make a success of this restaurant, uh, and they were going to work hard. and And I would encourage anyone that uh, is going to Prince Edward County and through Wellington this summer to uh, stop at this brand new Mexican restaurant. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to have awesome food. Now, obviously, being at a restaurant this event, the food was a bit of the focus there, and it was relating to to grains that are produced in Ontario. You mentioned that you know some people were surprised by the way that grain indirectly ends up on their plate, such as with their meat. Uh, we talk a lot about the corn-fed beef program, but other animals as well are, are fed our grain crops. Um, what would you say, um, you know, was I guess maybe the highlights of the meal, or, or how that how that helped to spur conversations? There was, uh, of course, the, the diet or the, the meal rather was all had a, a tie-in to grains. Whether it was uh, uh, the barley soup or uh, lamb that was fed grain, there was all a, a, a tie back to grains. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm a pretty proud meat lover, but uh, the lady beside me chose the vegan choice in Toronto, and uh, I, I gotta admit the. Uh, the turnip that came looked quite appealing, so I, I, I might have to try the vegan option next. But uh, no, it was all a, a tie back to grains, and I think they did a really good job of that. And and there was a nutritionist that spoke and and really uh, tied the meal back to uh, the grains and grains aspect, uh, so that those 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 people could could have an in depth understanding. And why is it so important for us uh, at Grain Farmers of Ontario um, to participate in events like this and talking um, to public and bloggers and media? I think that we, our communications department has to uh, constantly be uh, reaching out and, and advocating on our behalf because, unfortunately, there is a negative message, message occasionally uh, some of these fad diets that we are are exposed to and hear about, they don't always paint grains in a positive light. And so we have to be uh, telling our positive message about healthy Ontario grains and the value that they can provide to consumers in their diet. And and, and that's just one aspect of, of why we need to be there. I, I, I can tell you again, as a director, it's it's really nice to get an opportunity to speak with uh, some of these these consumers and and understand the questions that they want answered. It helps us to understand the issues better. And also to repeat, occasionally we we get set that uh, in our thinking that we feel people are constantly critical of what we do and how we do it. And, and yet, when you get an opportunity to go and speak with consumers like that, you soon find out, once again, they really just want, want answers. They want to understand. They want to hear from you. They, they want to know why and, and how and, and what you do. And, and 
it can be quite rewarding and, and kind of a positive experience. And Jeff, uh, when you mentioned to your family that you're going to this event and, and chatting with bloggers and, and stuff like that, I, I know you've got four kids. Were they impressed that you were involved in this type of an event? Well, yeah. <laughs> Give you yeah, some street cred I, uh, with, the, with the kids? <laughs> yeah, my, my kids were more amazed that I was going to be on a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think they realized that I had that ability, and I, I told them that I think I have a real face for podcasts. So my, my next thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, my my kids are uh, my my wife. She's a real uh, social person, and I had the opportunity to take my wife to the event in Prince Edward County. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it does when when you're trying to connect with the guests and and have them understand what a grain farmer does and and their farm and 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 their life. Uh, when you have an opportunity to bring your spouse, it adds another aspect. Uh, it, it 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 really real life, and and they can and they can hear the stories, and they have they have questions that they might ask your spouse as opposed to you uh, about your family and family life. Well, I guess uh, having participated in these two events, um, is there any really interesting feedback? I guess you were left with from the guests what they thought about it, um, and coming out and chatting with us. I think the feedback that I got was all positive. I think that it sent a real message to us right off the bat in the sense that all the chairs were full. We had really good attendance. That, that once again, I, I would just repeat it, that I think it showed people wanted to come, want to learn, they want answers, they want to understand. And, and so there was an opportunity for us to not only tell our story, tell our message, but it, it was real positive in the sense that, that our audience wanted to hear it. And uh, so it, it was, I, I don't think we can do enough of those events. Uh, there, it's, it's impossible to reach out to everyone, but it's so important to be constantly telling our story uh, and a positive story that it is. Not only the healthy Ontario green that we produce, but the economic benefits that our industry provides, the, the in excess of 40,000 jobs that our industry provides that are grain related in this province. So uh, every opportunity we have a chance to tell our story, it, it's, it's valuable. Well, thank you, Jeff, for uh, sharing about those crop ups. I think that was really interesting. If someone wants to connect with you or reach out about um, anything grain related, uh, how would they go about that? I have an email jeffh.gfo at gmail.com i'm on twitter at feeding feeding for kids all right jeff well thanks again uh for chatting with us today we it was a great conversation thanks ladies so we uh welcome marcus hurl our chair of grain farmers of ontario to the podcast uh and can you tell us i know you've probably out talking to farmer members um about how the weather has been this spring i know i've heard some areas have been getting that have been pretty wet um so what have you been hearing well basically the same thing uh i think we can blanket the whole province this year and uh planting delay start at least uh because of uh late uh winter weather that came through uh we're gonna get some more rain coming now i think i believe this evening so in significant amounts so we're we'll be probably into uh the early weeks of may by the time any wheels are gonna be turning here and uh 
it's certainly putting a bit more pressure on the farmers of uh, how they're going to do all their cropping, uh, especially putting the crop in, making sure that it's getting off to a good start and the soil conditions are sometimes not always in favor. What's your sense of how this compares to the past couple of years? It could actually turn into one of those years of uh, later than normal, but uh, you know how farmers are. We always think optimistically about uh, putting in the crop. Uh, We always hope that there is uh, the back end that's going to give us what we lose at the beginning. So uh, let's hope that's one of those cases this year. I, I just saw an image on Twitter somebody posted of a boat pl- pulling a planter across the field because the, the water, like it was like a photoshopped image, obviously. But I'm like, you know, I bet you there's a lot of farmers that can relate that have some flooded fields right now. I'm sure they can uh, because uh, the water levels in the big rivers are still fairly high. And actually out my way in Ottawa, the Ottawa River is flooding its uh, its banks at the moment. So there is uh, quite a bit of concern in those low-lying areas of how fast that's going to move ahead. And the other thing that uh, farmers are concerned about right now is is the winter wheat crop that they planted, and, and some of it's not looking so good right now. Yeah, so by the first reports that I heard, uh, there's up to about 40 to 50% of the wheat crop that might be touched by different levels of uh, emergence. Um, So what that's going to do, farmers are going to have to make decisions if they're going to leave it uh, or fill it in with the spring wheat or something or even tear it up completely. So those are a significant amount of acres that we're going to be talking about here because we did already struggle in the fall of getting the wheat crop in. Of course, that didn't help the situation, uh, the way the wheat was going into the winter. Now, uh, this later spring, uh, growth is not coming on uh, and the the whole variability of the winter has been basically the the damaging part. And is there some crop production insurance that farmers can fall back on? Yes, well, of course, uh, the the farmers that have crop insurance, uh, they will be covered by that. Uh, It's one of the insured perils that, uh, that we can get. Of course, uh, we always uh, have to remember there might be already obligations with contracts that farmers have made. And uh, if we look at some of the uh, pricing forecasts for the other commodities, uh, which are again on a downward pressure, uh, that's certainly not going to help those farmers that have actually maybe a good wheat uh, contract and now have to go into a different contract where that might be lower. And you're out here in Guelph uh, today because you're going to be joining a federal roundtable and speaking with Minister Bobo. Can you tell us a bit about what's happening there? Yeah, um, I wasn't uh, actually just got this invitation last week uh, to come. Uh, well, she, she, I think she's on a mission to find out a little bit what's needed for the uh, agriculture base across the country. So. Ontario is certainly one of the big players in agriculture in general and uh, as uh, grain farmers of Ontario we want to be at that table to uh, first of all bring up uh, the uh, the discussions points of um, trade uh, new trade deals that uh, are still not ratified uh, looking at trade impacts from the steel and annulment tariffs um, again like farmers that are out there pricing equipment uh, it's actually hitting their bottom line significantly and the price increases 
And also our input costs are up because of the carbon tax uh, that's being downloaded now onto the inputs that we're all getting shipped to our farms. So uh, those are a few points that I will bring up. And um, I'm not going to forget uh, the uh, business management uh, review process. So uh, just yesterday I was in Ottawa uh, meeting with the ag growth uh, leaders and it, it's again a bit a big discussion point of where this is going to take us uh, because the uh, new FPT meeting in July is coming up again. The um, impact group has been working with AAFC of finding um, solutions or even propositions that were brought forward looking at uh, options for new plans but uh, we're struggling of uh, finding the one that's actually going to covered the shortfall that the grain and all seed industry has. And you mentioned the ag growth leaders. Can you um, just explain a bit what is ag growth? Well, yeah, ag growth is, um, they came together about three years ago to form a group to push for a review of business risk management on the federal level. So what that's uh, doing, um, it's uh, different commodity groups across the country uh, that uh, bring their uh, concerns forward. Uh, we have dialogue with uh, federal government uh, and uh, on the bureaucratic level to make sure that there's an understanding what the uh, business risk management tools should be for our individual needs. And uh, at the same time, it was asked to come up with a reform under the business risk management because uh, we know the tools that we have at the present time do not work. Uh, the um, agri-stability has been cut so many times that it's unworkable. The uh, agri-invest, yes, those are dollars that do flow through the to the farmers, but uh, again, it's a cap program. And then uh, third off, uh, we are looking at the uh, provincial side of where we can get maybe some dollars through our business management uh, tool, but uh, again there, um, Farmers, you uh, you will notice that there's going to be a few changes coming. Um, uh, the uh, I think the initial layout is going to be coming out shortly to the farmers of how they're going to be signing up for the uh, R the uh, RMP program, uh, because there will be a few changes and tweaks uh, happening already this year, and we're hoping that for the coming future that we will have. Uh, this program still either available or replaced with something new. Well, uh, thank you, Marcus. We'll look forward to hearing how that roundtable goes later today. And uh, thanks for your update from the chair. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests, Jeff Harrison and Marcus Hurl. If you like what you've heard today on the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews on iTunes help us grow our Grain Talk audience and help us reach new listeners.